podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys and gals, this is the Megaton Barbie Viper and you're listening to Heat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Sarah Grieve here and I am with a woman that is many, many names under her belt. We have the Vixen of Violence, Baby Brutality, Megaton Barbie. I am talking about the one and only ICW Women's World Champion, Viper. Viper, very happy to have you here. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talking with you. Uh, honestly, I've, I'm so excited about this. Like, I might just sit and be so happy about this. <laughs> uh, right, so I do have a lot of questions for you. So I'm just going to dive right in. Sounds good. So after debuting at the age of 16, it was for the, uh, the Scottish Wrestling Alliance. Did you ever imagine that by the age of 27, that you would be one of the biggest names in the world right now? <laughs> I'm a, I, I am. I'm a <laughs> I think that you are, yeah. And, you know, absolutely not. No, I really, when I started wrestling, like, there wasn't even really connections to WWE, you know, like, Drew had, like, just got there. You know, it was a very far-fetched thought for anyone. So, and like, it never really occurred to me, like, that could be a career choice for me. It was just something I liked to do because I liked doing it and it was fun and it gave me a bit of a social life that I didn't really have at that point and I just liked doing it. So I thought, oh, this is just fun, that's all. And then it wasn't until I, like, I got a bit more into it that I was like, mm, you're all right at this. <laughs> <laughs> if you actually, you know, actually tried and applied yourself, maybe maybe this could be a thing. <laughs> And I look at you later, it's like, what, just over 11 years later? Yeah. And you I, I still don't really, like, I still can't really comprehend it. Like, sometimes I'm I'm on my flight to Japan or I'm running around America with all my best mates having the time of my life. And I'm like, this is my job. This is cool. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I do like to ask the females that I speak to is, obviously, wrestling was once deemed a male-dominated industry. You didn't see a lot of the girls kicking ass and doing basically everything the guys can do. Um, so were you ever once put off by it? Mm, no, because I'm one of these type of people that has this weird thing in my head. If you tell me that I can't do something, I will endeavour to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these things my personal trainer has found works really well. <laughs> um, he's always like, oh no, you can't lift it. And I'm like, fucking can't lift it. <laughs> Uh, I just, I'm just so stubborn and like, you know, like I hate being told you can't do anything. And honestly, I think that's been a massive driving force in my career and in my success is constantly being like, I've, I don't think I've ever outright had somebody say, you can't do this, you can't do that. But I don't need them to tell me. I can already see from that, that little sly glance that they give me or that kind of like, I'm sure she's going to be good. You know, I, like I thrive on those looks because I just shoot them one straight back. They go, just you watch. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you you did start training under like the likes of like Damien O'Connor and Mikey Whiplash and now you spend a lot of time at GPWA, the Glasgow Pro Wrestling Asylum. So what advice would you give to anybody that would actually want to take up wrestling? You know, if you're wanting to bring up, uh, sorry, bring up to take up wrestling, you have to understand that you are your own biggest investment and you will just, you'll get as much out as you put in. And if you want to go and it's just for fun, it's something you like to do, that's cool. But if you really, really want to succeed at this, you are your biggest investment. It's all about not exactly how much you're training, but pay attention to your training and pay attention to your matches. Record your matches and watch them back. I think that's like the biggest tip I could give any wrestler. Watch your matches back. 
And I think it's okay. Like, I, I get a lot of comments from people saying, like, when I watch myself, I'm like, oh, this was rubbish, and that was crap, oh, I shouldn't have done this, should have done that. I think it's okay to be overcritical when all you're trying to do is push yourself to be better. And that's not to say, like, put yourself down about it, just always strive for that little bit better. So, yeah, I mean, like, people do always say that you are always your own worst critic. Yeah. As yeah. well, so obviously, there's, there'll always be times that you will put yourself down a little bit, but I think... Yeah. Complacent. Well, I think it comes from like it seems like you're being putting yourself down, but ultimately you need to be your bit your own biggest cheerleader in wrestling because nobody else is going to tell you like, oh, that spot could do with tidying up, or you could do this cleaner. You have to do that for yourself, and you really need to be the driving force when pushing yourself. Oh yeah, and plus obviously it's not a good place to be when you become complacent. Yeah, as yeah. well, hundred percent, especially like with all the talent that's going around just now. <laughs> if you don't keep a move on, people will overtake you quickly. Oh, yeah. It's just like, well, they could potentially take my spot. Yeah. Nah, it's mine. Yeah, absolutely not. Back down the back of the line. (laughs) (laughs) And so, obviously, from a young age, you've travelled to wrestle. So, obviously, you've gained all kinds of knowledge from basically nearly every corner of the globe, from Europe to America to Japan as well. So how has your journey helped you in your personal development? Um, This sounds really cheesy to say, but wrestling's changed my life. When I was at school, like I did well at school, but I remember sitting in French class being like, why didn't you learn this? I never want to go to France. No, 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 this is stupid. <laughs> and then one of my first wrestling bookings outside of the UK was France. And I completely fell in love with the place. Like I thought, this is amazing. I can't believe like I took this for granted in school. It's such a beautiful place. I had such, like I, I actually speak French quite quite fluently now. Um, please don't ask me to say something because I haven't done it for <laughs> yet. <laughs> Um, I used to have like a Swiss boyfriend and stuff and it's just like it really opened my eyes to what is out there in the world and then from there I kind of grew like now it's one of my goals to I want to see as much as I can of the world through wrestling I never would have thought that I would have had a travel bug but now that I know what it's like to go out and see the rest of the world like I can't get enough of it I think it's the wrestling in general has helped me become a better person as well because I understood early what it meant to be a role model and and you know how that needs to affect your behavior and and things like that and ultimately yeah i really do feel like it is made me a much more intelligent broader horizons um nicer person yeah well see just going off that obviously it's like how does that actually feel knowing obviously that you are a role model for so many women out there as well um you know it can be very daunting When I've got like, um, I've got people come up to go, oh my wee girl, I just love you. And I'm like, I'm not a good person, don't let your kids look up to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it feels great because not that like I didn't have strong role models or anything when I grew up. Like my my family is like very female in power. Like my gran ran the family business, and my mum done it. My mum took over for her. She runs the family business. My sisters raised a family, and my other sister runs her own business. You know, we're very headstrong females so I've always had good role models but I didn't see those role models in wrestling um, and I think that's what drove me so much to become one because if you don't see someone in the field you just kind of assume that it can't be done for mm-hmm. reasons whether it would be because it, it, well definitely at the time they didn't want somebody that looked like me or maybe there wasn't people like me that had the calibre of wrestling that there needed to be or, or X, Y, Z whatever reason um, sorry I'm rambling on a bit <laughs> no no how about it? It feels like it. Honestly, it feels amazing when I see wee girls and wee, and wee boys as well coming up to me and the mums and dads tell me, like, they used to be so shy and oh, and then they seen you wrestling and 
they just think you're amazing. You give them confidence to do things. I had a girl come up to me and she was like so shy to even speak to me. Our mum had to speak to me for her. She thought she was going to give up dancing and all these girls were giving a stick and then she's seen you and she wanted to keep going on and, and then she's went on and she's won medals at her dancing and stuff like that. You know, like it's absolutely crazy to think the influence that you have on people's lives. Really, it completely warms your heart as well. Totally, and you know, it makes all like wrestling can be a hard place to be sometimes, and it makes all. I'm so sorry, my dog's playing. We <laughs> 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 Cindy's always got to get the pop. It does. It really does make all the hard bits of wrestling so much better for me. Like any time that I'm, you know, feeling really down and getting a bit sick, of it, like my mum always goes, "Oh, you can't give up because all the kids out there are believing in you and rooting for you." I'm like, you're right. I'm going to do for them. <laughs> But it is so true, like, it is, it is really cheesy to say that, but it isn't just about me anymore, it's about them too. Uh, definitely. Um, so carrying on, Japan has kind of become like a second home to you. You've had numerous tours with stardom, and you were also the first ever non-Japanese woman to headline a show at the Infra's uh, Corkin Hall. So, oh, really? Wow! <laughs> so obviously explain your emotions when you learned you were going to be headlining such a historic venue. Genuinely thought it was a mistake. <laughs> Genuinely thought it was a mistake. I remember um, Rossi telling me, he was like, oh, you, Nero, because like, we, we first showed up and it was like the first, we had two Kirk and Hall shows in this tour. And like the first show we did was like, I would have a match with somebody and then I was going to run out and attack EO. Right. Eventually lead to our, um, our match. And I was, I was like, okay, right, so I'll be up here and then someone else is coming out. No, no, no. He's like, no, no, you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> there must be some mistakes. So I don't think you've got this right at all. <laughs> and I genuinely, like, I just, like, I, I didn't feel ready for it at that point, you know? Like, I, I felt way, way over my head. Like, he was the best wrestler in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to go and attack you. She got beat me up. <laughs> and at the time, it was really daunting. Obviously, like, I don't know why I was scared. I was in the best hands possible wrestling the best wrestler in the world. But at the time, yeah, I was like, oh, this, like, it, it was a horrific experience because when you're standing, like, before the curtain at one of the most legendary wrestling venues, I was like, I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> um, but then I got the chance to do it again. And uh, I'm really glad we got the chance, like, me and you got the chance to do it a second time because I felt so much more ready for it. I felt so much more prepared. And I've got to enjoy the experience a lot more because when you're in that first moment, you just feel this awful dread and horribleness and then before you know it, your match is done and you don't really get a chance to relish the moment. So the second time that we did, I was like, no, I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> now, obviously, something I do love is obviously, I do love a first time ever. So obviously, and you have got so many under your belt. Like when I was looking at this, I was like, holy crap, this this girl's, you know, she's like the first time ever for a lot. <laughs> and so I would say, we've already mentioned Cork and Hall in Tokyo. So another one. You were crowned the first ever ICW Women's Champion back at Fear and Loathing 8. Um, so obviously, what were your thoughts and feelings, obviously, about actually being crowned the first champion for that division? It was a, it was quite a shocker, to be honest, because I wasn't even supposed to be in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, wasn't even supposed to be in the match. And um, it all got turned around, no, now you are in it. And then going on to win it, was it like... It was all a bit of a like a whirlwind couple of moments, and um, I mean it, it was something that was really important to me because for the longest time, I felt like I didn't really belong in ICW yet, and I felt not that I wasn't wanted or anything like that, but you know, I wasn't an ICW original, mm-hmm. and, and so you, when 
you know you're not like an original person it's really hard to like to stake that claim you know like you're not maybe aren't considered like the home girl so you just don't have that kind of backing behind you but I don't think it meant that my passion for it and my heart for it was any less because I always felt like ICW was my home so it was a it was a massively important moment for me and I got very like really emotional like in the ring I actually get a wee bit choked up talking about it now <laughs> and on it like everything that I do carrying on in wrestling I always try to make sure that everybody knows that ICW is my brand you know I'm always doesn't matter what place I'm doing an interview or where I'm working like I always have my ICW wristband on or people know me as the ICW girl <laughs> Um, and obviously earlier this year you regained the women's title at the biggest fight club taping ever against Martina and this is now your second reign so you decided to take it upon yourself to take the championship around the world with you and defend it while you were traveling so what actually made you decide to take the belt and defend it to make it a world title you know I don't really know <laughs> but it's <laughs> I, I definitely took it upon myself. Like I just, I think I just had an idea. Like I remember winning it that night, and it was shoot just an idea I had, like for a promo. I was like, oh, this would be really cool. And, like we just did the promo as an idea because I didn't really, you know, there's a lot of things that go into making that work. Like you can't just like rock up to any promotion and be like I'm going to defend my belt. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of work that goes into it and stuff. But yeah, I just thought this would be cool if I could do this. And I went, I'm going to try and defend uh, the belt across the world, make a world title. And he's like, cool, yeah, absolutely. I just went off into the world and went, okay, I'm going to get this done. <laughs> and I, honestly, like, it wasn't anybody else's idea. Or nobody said we'd like to do this. I just shoot, took it upon myself to do it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, if no one else is actually going to do it for you, like, you might as well just try yourself and see what happens. The worst that can happen is they can say no. Yeah, exactly. And I'd be like, oh, well, then I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> They'd be like, but well, I'll try another time then. It's fine. <laughs> Take my bit home. <laughs> It's my belt and I'm playing with it. <laughs> so obviously the, it wasn't that long ago that you actually accomplished that. Obviously it spread all over Twitter and all over social media that you had finally become a world champion for ICW. So obviously when you first came back to the next taping after defending it, how did it feel hearing that you were Viper champion of the world? It was amazing. It was honestly exhilarating. Like it didn't really register to me that I'd done it until I heard Simon say it. <laughs> I like, I, like, I, like in things in wrestling, you always try and not get too excited in case it don't pan out. So many things fly that never, never come to fruition. I was like, right, we're going to try this, but don't get excited about it. And I think it's just, it still hadn't clicked. Like I'd done it. I, I went to Minnesota. I defended it. I came back, and I was just like, that's me. I've done it. I, like personally. On my, like, I know Kaylee defended it in Japan as well, and it's been in England a couple of places, but I wanted to make sure that I did the five countries over the three continents myself so nobody could take that away from me. Nobody's ever relied on anybody else's booking. I did it all myself and, like, shoot, did it all myself. Like, didn't need anybody to reach out to anybody for bookings. I contacted everybody myself and I did it all on my own. And I'm honestly so proud of it. Like, nobody can ever take that away from me. Oh, was, see, actually, just hearing that story right now, it, it's making me really happy for you as well. What? <laughs> I can't like it's such, such a difficult thing to do seeing less like you're like a major company that that's got territories all across the world like just one wee girl from Coburnie with a fucking bee in her bonnet <laughs> 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 it's craziness it really is absolute mentalness um, but I'm so happy like I'm honestly I'm so chuffed well I, I honestly I think everybody was so goddamn proud I mean I remember seeing it and I was just like she's done it she's actually done it I've oh I felt so much joy <laughs> Coming oh. home with a fucking thoughts. I've done it. 
it's kind of like coming home with the World Cup, and you're like, well, you guys haven't done it, so. <laughs> so obviously, you you did actually mention Kaylee, which obviously it leads me right onto my next question. So ICW is about to head to the Hydro for the third year in a row for Fear and Loathing Eleven. You are taking on friend and long-term rival in Kaylee Ray for the first ever Queen of Insanity match. So. How do you think your your rivalry with Kaylee has defined the ICW women's division? I'm definitely not going to say like we define it because there's so many people that came before me, Sarah and Carmela, who wouldn't have been the ICW women's division if it wasn't for them. But you know, every time I talk about the match and my eye twitches, I think I'm about it. <laughs> I get the eye twitch anytime anybody brings it up. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's good. This match is the culmination of every single thing me and Kaylee have done. I always want to think about like when we work together, like we have done so much together and you know, there's always like that risk of, you don't want people to think, oh, Kaylee and Viper are wrestling each other again. Like I never want that to happen and I always try my best to make sure that never happens and that's why every time we get in that ring, I want to take it a bit further and a bit further and a bit further. And for me, this is the match that needed to happen. I'm not a deathmatch wrestler. I've, I've done one hardcore match before in my career, that's it. I wouldn't do this sort of match unless it was the right thing to do, if that makes sense. Like, <laughs> there is no other story I would do this for. It's it's just that it's the only way, it's the only way to finish this. There is no other way. We've done everything else. We've travelled the world together. We've faced each other. We've wrestled in teams together. Like, this is the culmination of everything. This is the decider. And it was the only, it was the only match that I felt deserved it. You know, there were so many ideas thrown about, like, oh, what about Falls Count Anywhere match? Or what about this or that? Absolutely not. This has mm-hmm. to be the match. This has to be it. I absolutely would not do this style of match for any other company or for any other person. <laughs> not in a million, not in a million days. Like, But this just feels like, it just feels right. I'm terrified. Don't get me wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely terrified. I'm very out of my dates. I've never done this before, but this has to be it. Well, yeah, well, like you were saying, obviously, falls count anywhere. It's That sort of stuff has been done to death. I mean, yeah. Queen of Insanity, see, when that was first announced, I was just like, oh, hell yes. I and mean, for me, yeah. Because it is the first ever Queen of Insanity, and Kaylee's list of first is just as long as mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, like, I'm, there isn't anybody else I would want to kill myself for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like I've, I've, I'm sure that Bine and Kaylee's feud will carry on until the end of time, but it is like a very strange kind of relationship it's very love hate is you know i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do this with anybody else because i just don't feel like i have that history with anybody else i feel like this is the match that makes the most sense oh definitely definitely uh, I, like see what you say that you and kayla let it fight forever i can just see you in wheelchairs like hitting canes at each other <laughs> like that's what i can that's what i can imagine right now it's just like that <laughs> like that happened <laughs> Uh, it's probably it'll probably stay in your subconscious and like you'll be like back at each other and be like I'm pretty sure we've already predetermined this. Hmm. <laughs> so obviously talking about the Queen of Insanity match, obviously you're nicknamed the Babe of Brutality and the Vixen of Violence, obviously. So with nicknames like those, Queen of Insanity seems very, very nice to add to that. Um It and does, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, it's like one, two, Queen of Insanity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we all saw how it took the men to the absolute limit last year in the King of Insanity match. But this is you and Kaylee one on one, and obviously to determine who who really is the best. And obviously, you've just said that you've only been in one hardcore match. But how is that one match and your time in ICW prepared you f- for this upcoming event? Honestly, like I don't think there's anything that can prepare you for this. Like there isn't any amount of training that you can do that's going to prepare you for your skin being ripped apart. <laughs> like the, that's, that's just it. Like there, there isn't any train to it. It's just a mental attitude. Everybody that gets themselves in those matches like is a bit warped. <laughs> for sure. Like there's no two ways about it. Why in air? Like nobody wants to kill themselves when their life's going great. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there isn't any sort of training you can do but I know that this is... Honestly, like it was kind of my idea. <laughs> there was, there was plenty of opportunity to have it changed. And I said, no, it needs to be this match. With that being said, I don't think it matters if you're a seasoned veteran when it comes to death matches because the role of dice with death matches is it's anybody's game. And that is the point of death matches. Like, it doesn't matter how good a wrestler you are. It doesn't matter how technically good you are or anything. It's anybody's game when it's a death match. So, yeah, I'm a bit... I don't feel underprepared in any way whatsoever because, like you said, I've had so much time in ICW and I don't feel like... Just because I haven't done hardcore matches or death matches doesn't mean that I don't have a fire, a passion. I don't feel like I'm going to feel out of place in the slightest. There's been plenty of times in the ring I've you know, burst open. I've countless times mm-hmm. I've had a mash mouth in an ICW ring. Honestly, it wouldn't be an ICW match for me if my mouth wasn't burst. Really. <laughs> so I don't feel out of my depth. I don't feel uncomfortable. I don't know if I feel prepared. I don't know if there is any way to feel prepared, but I know that I'm ready. I will see. I know this is actually like chanted at some wrestling shows, but I do mean it when I say, please don't die. I, I really, I do genuinely mean that. <laughs> I think I just like keep trying to put it to the back of my mind, and then anybody, anytime anybody brings it up, just my VI goes, push, push, push. <laughs> so I think I'm sounding like all cool and calm and collected about it, but inside my brain's going, ah! <laughs> Uh, well, I'll, I'll give your mind a little bit of a rest, obviously, for thinking about this upcoming match. It should hopefully calm down a little bit. But ICW in Japan isn't the only place you've created a, f- a historic or a first-time-ever moment. You've been a trailblazer no matter where you've went. So, for example, in WOS, so WOS Wrestling, yeah. you were actually victorious in the first women's match for the company. Yeah, I was. Um, you have Pro Wrestling Eve. Obviously, you have obviously become the first ever international champion. Again, another yeah. trailblazing first time ever moment. Trailblazer history maker. Aye. <laughs> uh, Fierce females in Glasgow. You were also their champion up until very recently. Yeah. And also, you have also made it to the quarterfinals of the first ever May Young Classic for the WWE. Now, that's pretty much just like this year alone. And it's not. It's, it's been a good. It has been a really good year for you. So, and this this all comes at a time where there's been a huge revolution with the women of professional wrestling. So I would like to know your thoughts and view on how far the revolution has come and also how it feels to be a part of it. I'm really proud that I'm part of the generation that brought women's wrestling to the forefront. I'm so proud of that. Like seeing what it went from, like it, it honestly used to make me seethingly angry. Probably shouldn't say this or this recorded, but I used to watch Candice Michelle and she made me want to be a wrestler to prove that that is not what women's wrestling is and we are better than that. <laughs> well, people can say that about Eva Marie. So it's like, she's, a, she's just like, what not to do? <laughs> it was just like, just watching her, just like this. We are so much better than this. And it like, it, 
it was hard, you know, like people just had this preconception of, of what, not even to for what women's wrestling is, but what it should be, which is just disgusting because we've quite clearly proven that we're just as good in some cases better than a lot of our male counterparts. And I don't think, it, I think it's not going to be long before it's not women's wrestling anymore, it's just wrestling. You know, that's that's the, the, the goal at the end of the day, isn't it really? Yeah, it is definitely. Like, I think a lot of girls, you know, like they still like, oh, women's wrestling is great, women's wrestling is great. We want to push it on, like stop calling it women's wrestling, it's just wrestling. <laughs> uh, we'll get to the point where we'll just call it men's wrestling. It's like you just say men's wrestling and women's wrestling is just wrestling. <laughs> The tables will turn eventually. I'd be like, oh, you got that men's wrestling show? Yeah, very good. Uh, it's like, oh, men's pay-per-view. Oh, well done. <laughs> good for you guys. Well, that's that's also like my own personal view when it came to Evolution, obviously. And then they had the Crown Jewel, like, like not even less than a week later. And I was like, well, well done, guys. It's like an all-men's pay-per-view. And you haven't done that before. Yay. Oh, that was just oh, time and a place, you know. Yeah, not good timing for that at all. <laughs> and obviously, speaking obviously, we'll speak of the male counterparts at this time. You're no stranger to battling out in the ring with both men and women, but this topic topic is actually something that divides a lot of opinions. Ooh. So, what's your views on intergender wrestling, and should it be accepted as something completely normal? What gets me about intergender wrestling is people get so uppity and don't think it's the right thing for like guys and girls to wrestle, but they'll quite happily watch. A cruiserweight wrestle a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you completely take gender out of the equation, that's complete. That it's just like so. You've got a problem with me going in and having a match against a guy, but you've got no problem with a wee boy seven stones soaking wet, getting flung about like wet tracky. Like it's just it doesn't make sense, does it? When you think no. that way, like I'm a two hundred and ten pound lassie and I'm very strong. <laughs> you know, there's no like somebody always says, oh, but. If you get punched in the face off a guy, you ain't get back up. It's like, what's well, a good thing? There's no punches to the face in wrestling, isn't it? Mm. Like, it's just, it's just silly. Like, it's wrestling. Of course, there can be intergender wrestling. People need to stop like looking at it with this fine tooth comb and just appreciate it for what it is and the stories that you can tell. And you know, you're losing out on such a brilliant demographic. Yeah, no, I, I do completely agree. I'm always like, I'm actually quite a big fan of watching the lassies beat up the guys. I know it's absolutely. So I'm just, I'm just like, hell yeah, go, you go, girl, you go. Beating up men. Absolute favourite pastime. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody would like would like to book me in one intergender matches, I'm very okay with that. Hey, there's also like people say it's like, oh, what happens if you get punched in the face? It's like, well, I hit them back twice as hard. Exactly. It's even to think like when we're talking earlier about like you know we talk about like best women wrestlers in the world. Well, why can't they fight men then? Mm. Like you're do you're personally I feel you're doing your fans a disservice because if you take your best women wrestlers in the world and you let them mix up with your best guy wrestlers in the world how amazing is that match going to be mm. you know that's my view on it anyway I know people don't always see it like that but personally I really think it's 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 going to be coming anytime soon now like we're gotten past we're far beyond the brand patchy brand panties and mud matches and all that and uh, whether you like it or not it's a coming mm-hmm. oh so like that was like such a, a, a good answer like I was I was like Wow. So, so happy with that. Now, earlier this year, there was announced there was a special documentary coming out about you. Yay! Oh. <laughs> um, I was seeing your TV, I was like, I watch that girl every week. <laughs> Holy crap. Like, I was proper, like, I will admit, I marked out majorly. <laughs> I was just like, and I had, like, folk in my work saying, it's like, oh, that last day I seen on the telly, she's wrestling. Is that something you go and watch? I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, I was like, watch it. It's, she, she's amazing. I love her so much. <laughs> 
and obviously that was that was titled Fighter Like a Girl. And obviously the BBC followed you around and highlighted your time, not only in ICW, but a tour of Japan as well. So how how did it come about? You know, I believe the person who first had pitched the idea to the production company is actually an ICW fan. Mm. And um, he went to them. They're looking for people um, to investigate and do documentaries. Like part of these... Um, it's like a part of a series that they do and like all these different production companies put it to the BBC and basically they try and it's like investigatory series 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 um and he said hey I found this person that I think is really interesting and be a really good candidate for this series um do you want me to reach out and see what she thinks and then they got in touch with me and they're like well, I think you're a really interesting person you'd be a really good fit and for me like it's really hard for me to understand why what I do is interesting because this is this is just my life you know this is this is my normal but for people that have never even heard of wrestling it's like what she does what she goes to what does she do she goes to Japan you know like it was it was so hard for me to to grasp a concept of why people would want to watch that but I was like all right if you want sure (laughs) and um a lot of it was a good laugh (coughs) some of it was not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, they followed me around for like quite some time to be honest like i'm trying to think how long it was. i think it was like maybe half a year uh, all right yeah yeah well, it, was, it was quite a lot there's so much footage that they they didn't use and to be honest, there's a lot of footage i'm glad they didn't use <laughs> a lot of it's me either still drunk or hungover <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well you wanted really authentic viper here she is <sighs> Um, no, but I don't read, like, I, I really am, I'm still close with a lot of the people that, that worked in the documentary, to be honest, they I, they became, like, a second family to me, and I still talk to them all the time. Obviously, so you said that there's obviously still a lot of footage that they, they hadn't used, obviously, discount the stuff that you, you're quite happy that they didn't use, do you think there would actually be, like, more for, like, a sort of follow-up series on you? I, think, I mean, I think they've got enough footage to... <laughs> do that certainly um you know it was always like one of these things like if uh, they said well you know gauging how popular it is it could be a possibility and i think we peaked i believe at just over two million viewers wow yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> i did really really good the only thing that did better than me that night was Coronation Street, and apparently not by much. Oh, uh, see, Coronation Street's been running for God knows how long, so... It's mad that so many people were, were interested in looking at my wee life. It's really it's really mind-blowing when you think about it. Well, would you actually ever possibly do another one with them then? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In a heartbeat, I would do another one. Uh, maybe would, you know, be a bit more strict with myself about how many drinks I'm having the night before. <laughs> at nine o'clock in the morning. I felt really bad. There was once we were going to drive to a um, sports therapy session and he was asking me questions. I was just like, uh... <laughs> like, you know that way when you're like a little bit hungover, your brain can't focus and do things at once. So my brain was just like, just focus on driving. Focus on, driving. <laughs> focus on not dying. I was like, I'm really sorry. I can't handle these questions right now. <laughs> um, well, so going off the title of your documentary, um, what would you personally define as fighting like a girl? Being brave. I think... Fighting like a girl means being brave and not listening to negative voices or negative influences and not letting other people's opinions or judgments put it, put you off what you want to do. Because if I did that, I'd never be here now. I wouldn't have done half the things that I'd done. I used to hear so much, because I come from quite a small town, and I really love my, my town, but I started wrestling when I was in high school, so you can imagine how that went down. Mm. Like, people like I remember my sister 
one older sister's almost getting in a fight at a party because she heard other girls talking about me, taking a piss out of me and slagging what I do. And, you know, if I let all that get to me and just let all those stupid little voices win, then I would never would have had any of these amazing experiences that I've gotten to have in my life. And, I mean, everybody still talks about that mad wrestler, girl from Coburnie, but they're certainly changed their tune the way they talk about it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think fighting like a girl means being brave and being courageous and standing up for yourself in the face of adversity. I love that. Absolutely love that. Now, we we have mentioned that obviously 2018 has been an absolutely incredible year for you. What are your plans for 2019 and what do you hope to happen? Oh, I really want to tell you, but I can't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can drop some subtle hints if you would like without actually saying anything or you say, I've got some amazing things planned and you'll need to keep an eye out or something. You know, there's something that I've wanted to do for the longest time, but we haven't been able to do it for reasons. But I think 2019 is going to be the year. Um, I don't want to get, again, I, I hate, don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but <laughs> that, it's just the way in wrestling, you think you're doing something and then it takes a hard left and you go down a different road and sometimes you just have to, like, you just have to go on the fly with it and if, if it just, something turns this way, then that's the road that you need to go, but for now, I'm not going to say where, I'm not going to say when, I've got my eyes on another belt. Ooh, back to belt collecting, are you? Hmm. You know, the quantity doesn't matter to me so much, but the quality does. Right. So I, I really wish I could dive all more, but this is like, <laughs> I have not discussed this with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do I do admire your restraint. I really, really do. Oh, I just like, I, everybody at home is going to be so excited. If I get my way, everybody at home is going to be so excited about it. This is just going to be the next biggest, best. Well, certainly for me, it's going to be my most fun thing I've ever done in my career if I if I get my way but I don't want to give anything away because I want it to be an amazing surprise and I hope everybody loves it as much as I think they are well see you, you're getting me like really excited <laughs> I'm just like, I, it's like I, I actually genuinely really hope that works out for I you I really hope nobody sees it coming but then when it does happen they're like of course <laughs> <laughs> ah well that is actually all the questions that I had set out but like I explained to you before we started I have a set of quick fire questions that it's basically designed to sort of get off the top of your head reactions. Oh. I have thrown a couple in there that I know just by going honestly on your Twitter account and your Instagram account and everything that one will probably throw you. Oh. But it's something that obviously that I'm quite passionate about as well. So it's just like I'm pers- just for my personal view, I would like to hear your your answer for okay. it. Just you'll know it. You'll know it when I like say sometimes, it. Sometimes, like my brain is a strange place of like. Between me and a couple of my friends, I always say part-time dafty, part-time genius. <laughs> like sometimes I'll come out with like really profound like pearls of wisdom, and then sometimes I put my shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was exaggerating. <laughs> right. Well, I, d- I don't think it's going to be on that kind of level. It's literally pick between one or the other, or pick your favourite something. Okay. okay, I can. Right. Uh, so I'm not going to ask you what 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 day you should put your shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> Although I am, I am quite wondering that now. <laughs> so I'll start off. Okay. Quite an easy one, okay. hopefully. Rock or Austin? Austin. <laughs> yes. That's why I'm called Viper. Like, everybody thinks I call myself Viper because Randy Orton. That's not. I was called Viper for a good three months before he was called Viper. I called myself Viper because I was in love with the Texas Rattlesnakes. Don't call Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Very geeky, but true story. Yeah. Trish or Lita? Yeah. Uh, night in or night out? <sighs> <sighs> Night in most of the time, big night out every once in a while. Oh yeah. Cody or Omega? Oh, Omega. No, I do apologise for this. 
Please don't kill me. DCT or Lionheart. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, why did you do this to me? <laughs> do this to me, oh no! Oh no! I'm a dog. I know, we've obsessed Sunday now. We've obsessed Sunday. Lionheart! <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll, we'll move on. Xbox or PS4? Xbox. Uh, your favourite wrestling game? Ooh. Here comes the pain. Smackdown, here comes the pain. That seems to be such a popular one with everybody I speak to, actually. And your favourite wrestler of all time? Don't call Steve Austin, 100%. Your favourite wrestling pay-per-view? Mm, this is really hard for me because I've got brains, uh, jobby brains. I don't really remember a lot. Uh, pass. <laughs> I'm on the spot. I'm like, I can't remember. Like, I'm not good with, like, I don't remember, like, dates or stuff like that. But I remember matches, but I'm like, I have no, I have no idea when that one was. Well, just t t tell me your favourite match. Of, uh, just tell your favourite match of all time. Um, we'll let the we'll let the listeners. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin against Bret Hart. I think was that WrestleMania 13. Uh, I'm I'm really bad for dates as well. There's no point in okay, asking. Okay, well, when Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled Bret Hart, <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> your favourite tag team. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I know what I want to say, but I better not say it right now. Um, my favourite tag team was the Hardy Boys. And tag team now? Me and a certain person got to have a tag team match at Pro Wrestling Eve and we were called the Disney Give a Fuck Princess. <laughs> you finally got to use the name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I, I was at the One Fall Sessions when that was that was uh, given out and I was just like, can't wait for that to happen. So I'm so glad that that's actually happened now. I don't know if it's really vain to say that you're your own favourite tag team. <laughs> I mean, uh, not really. I mean, obviously, if you have fun, obviously, it's with basically your best friend as well. So. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> your favourite bath bomb? Ooh, Twilight. Dip. Oh, that's a good one, actually, yeah. Your dream opponent? Dream opponent. Hmm. That is a hard one for me because I've gotten to wrestle, like, so many amazing people. Um, I don't know if it would ever happen. She only very, very rarely steps into the ring these days, but Chiggy's in a guy. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you never know. I mean, the, it's I really like it's a crazy juxtaposition. I used to be terrified of, terrified of for a really <laughs> long time. Like, um, Mikey Whiplash showed me gay girls when I was just kind of like starting to take training seriously, and I I seen it and I was like, I'm never going to Japan. I'm never going. She's crazy. She would <laughs> absolutely mad. Like, I should never wanted to go to Japan. And I met the woman, and she's just the loveliest person you've ever met in your life. She's just the kindest, softest. She just has this really wonderful, nurturing aura. You honestly couldn't meet a nicer person. Like, she's mellowed out a lot um, since Gaya Girls, let's say that, but she's just like, it sounds so cheesy, but she's just such, like, an inspirational person. Right. And the last one, you'll be quite happy that I'm finally finishing these. <laughs> the favourite venue you've wrestled at? Mm, favourite venue I've wrestled at? It's definitely home. ICW, but I can't decide. Do I want? Do I like the Hydro better, or do I like the Garage better? Because Garage always just feels like home. You know, mm -hmm. like when when everybody's up for it and everybody's rowdy and everybody's bouncing, that's that's the best feeling in the world. And everybody's going crazy in the Garage, but the Hydro is such an amazing feeling as well. You you can have them both if you want, have, just for different reasons. Have them both. The O2 is brilliant as well. I love the O2. That's such a shame. Um, no, okay, let's have that. Let's have the garage when everybody's bouncing. People <laughs> <laughs> know in the mood for it, and you're like, "Hey, come on!" <laughs> but then when we're at the high road, it's just like everybody's buzzing about it, and everybody's like, "Oh!" 
the garage when everybody's up for it or the hydro well there you go that that rounds off my interview with you Viper um, obviously if you want to plug your Twitter handles etc you sure can you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MissViper91 there we go listen cunts I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing whatever you think is more important with your life you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now sports social podcast network